upsets galore in a weird night in the NBA. The Nets get a big win, and Jared Dubin joins the show. Oh, uh, one more thing. Oh, this is Locked On (laughs) NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the holiday. If you celebrate it, if you're one of our listeners and or watchers uh, in Canada, well, you have already gotten way, way ahead of us. Special episode today. I'm joined today by Jared Dubin from 538. He covers the NFL for CBS Sports, but he does his NBA work over at 538. Uh, He is coming to us live from... Uh, his old room in his parents' house, as it is that time of year uh, for everyone across the country headed home to see family. Jared, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. It's it's really weird to be doing this from here. Like I got my my dog lying down trying to f- sleep next to me, and <laughs> literally in my childhood bedroom, like the place where I fell in love with basketball in the first place. Um, so this is fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Do want to let everyone know that today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Check out Truebill.com today. On today's show, we'll break down, well, lots of stuff that happens. Let's get started. Uh, Let's start with Nets Celtics, Jared. So the Nets basically, the Celtics have this report come out today that that has like Eastern Conference executives talking about how um, there's chemistry issues and Jason Tatum's not a leader and there's all these problems and they're not connected. And they respond to that by getting absolutely waxed by Brooklyn, just absolutely waxed by the Brooklyn Nets. Um, other than the fact that the Nets look awesome again, predictably, what did you take away from Boston in this game? Um, their offense is still like kind of disjointed. It feels like they don't know they should be running stuff through a lot of the time like clearly you want Jalen and Jason to be running things but then Marcus Smart is hanging out off the ball and even though there are times where he can make shots and a lot of times they come in bunches teams just kind of don't care when he's hanging out off the ball and Horford can shoot but his release is so slow that you can close out on him no matter how much room you give him and like they got Grant Williams out there tonight instead of Robert Williams so it's not as much passing the best passer in their lineup pretty much at all times is Horford. And then they went small towards the end of the game. So he's not out there. It's like Jabari Parker. It's like, it's, it's not very good ball movement. A lot of times offensively for them, Schroeder comes in and he can at least get in the paint like Jalen and Jason do, but he's not creating for anybody else Schroeder. So it's like, it's, it's tough to know what the goal is on each possession other than let's get one guy an advantage. And that's not, best way to play cohesively so i think it makes sense that you're seeing reports about you know not having chemistry and stuff like that because it it doesn't seem like a team that's set up specifically for offensive chemistry what was concerning to me about this game was that like they just kept leaving dudes open like patty mills must have been opened by a combined 35 feet on his seven threes like that can't happen boston's been better since they've been playing better of late i think they've won eight of ten coming in and they just kind of – they didn't have it on that end tonight. Yeah, uh, definitely they did not have it on that end tonight. I, I think it'll be – I will say I think it's interesting that 
so the report comes out about Steven Silas from Bleacher Report and the Rockets get a win, which we'll talk about in the second segment. This report comes out about the Celtics and the Celtics just absolutely get beat down. Um, I was kind of like... They did, a, they did stage a comeback. Like they were down by yeah. like 30 and they got it back to... I don't remember what it was. 13. Like 10, you got 10 back to 12. 13. Yeah. And got then uh, when they went small at the end, the Nets kind of pulled away again. Um, this is kind of what we expect from Brooklyn, right? When things are going well, like Patty Mills goes 7 to 10 from three-point range, like... On the nights when they have too much firepower, they got too much firepower for pretty much anybody, except for, like, the Warriors. And, like, LaMarcus didn't even really score in the first half, and then he kind of went off in uh, the third and fourth quarters. Uh, Blake didn't play at all. They didn't have Bruce Brown, didn't have Joe Harris, obviously still didn't have Kyrie. Like, it's pretty incredible what they can do when, like, one non-KD or Harden guy is making shots. That's really all they need. Uh, Let's go to... Cavs Suns. Um, this is a really interesting, entertaining game. Uh, Cavs hung in it the entire way down the stretch. Basically, here's what happened: like uh, Darius Garland picks up his sixth, and he fouls out. The game kind of turns. Then Devin Booker hits a pull up jumper. Chris Paul hits a mid range pull up jumper. Uh, Mikael Bridges gets a leak out. Mikael Bridges has a block, um, and the Suns just made like a series of like I don't mean to be cliche. They made a series of very winning plays, mm-hmm. like the if we're going to try and put this in, into some sort of like concrete terminology, it would be, I'm going to bet that if you look back at the winning percentage, the estimated win percentage based off of whatever metrics you use to calculate those, that all the plays that the Suns made in the final three minutes were like huge jumps to take them from 50% to 90% to a hundred percent. Like they just hit big play after big play after big play 14 straight for the Suns. Uh, Jared, do you think, I mean, uh, are we getting into the point where it's going to be harder? I mean, we know it's going to get harder and harder. It gets exhausting being on these win streaks. Um, do we think Phoenix is this good? Or do we just think that they've improved in their uh, ability to handle the schedule better? Because that was a weakness for them last year, and I've been really impressed with how they've handled it this year. Yeah, I mean, look, nobody is win 14 in a row good all the time. Like, you're never as good as your best stretch, and you're never as bad as your worst stretch unless you're like – I was going to say, unless you're the Rockets, but they just won tonight. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, they're just, it's a really good team. It's a really deep team. It's a really complete team. This was the thing people talked about with them last year, where some of the reason people didn't think they were going to be as much of a playoff contender as they wound up being was just because they were the team that was healthy all year and they were playing, you know, a deep rotation of just like eight, nine good players. And that was just like they were never going to put a bad guy on the court, but maybe they don't have an extra gear. And they showed that not only do they have those eight, nine guys, but they also have some guys with within that group with an extra gear. And they've even, you know, played for stretches during this streak without DeAndre Ayton. And now the last few games without Kaminsky, who played really well in Ayton's absence. It's just like they have three to four good guards. They have three to four good combo forwards. And they have three guys they can rotate through the big spots like even without Dario Saric, who's uh, probably going to miss most, if not all of the year without Kaminsky tonight. So it's just Aiton and McGee as the centers. Like it's a good team. Like there's no real big weakness, you know, like they got guys that can beat switches. They got guys that can defend on the perimeter at all sizes. They protect the rim. They're well coached. Like, so are they a win 13 in a row or whatever they're at now? 12, 13, 14 type of team? No, but like they're pretty clearly one of the, you know, five or so best teams to me. What do you think? 
I think they're up there. Um, I think there's something weird with them where I, I still am kind of, I'm never, I'm not blown away like I was last year, but they're, I mean, look, they're winning. They won 13 straight, right? So um, I think that they're, I've always kind of said that they, I thought they were going to be better in the, in the playoffs in the regular season. If they're going to put up a huge number in the regular season too, they're going to have home court. They're going to be very tough to beat. They'll be there in the semifinals and they'll have a very good chance at the Western Conference finals and a chance to go back to the finals. If they can stay healthy, which was another big question coming in, they've had incredible injury luck. We'll see if it holds going forward. Um, another one I want to get to in this first segment, the Lakers, once again, continue their hilarity. Uh, they go down big to the Pacers. They storm back to win again. They have to pull off a massive comeback again. They beat them in overtime. They give up a big number. Uh, the defense is still really suspect, but LeBron goes for 39 points, um, five rebounds, six assists. He hits a number of just like crazy three pointers. He even did the silencer, the move. Um, he did that, which always good to see that flashback from the heat days. You know, I, I think I hesitate. Look, the Lakers are always a story. I kind of feel like the Pacers are, are the bigger story here because this is yet another game that they probably should have won. Um, that they lost. The Pacers have just really struggled in crunch time. They've struggled in clutch time. They've struggled closing games. They have usually one quarter where they just look absolutely lost. Like they're infuriating and that the Pacers will look good enough to hang for three quarters. And then the fourth quarter is always an outright disaster. Um, Duarte hit an absolutely absurd three to send it to overtime. The Lakers would have won in regulation otherwise, but that was really like a wild three. Um, it's crazy to me that I kind of feel like it's disappointing that Indiana didn't beat the Lakers, but the Lakers didn't play well and the Pacers still lost at home and needed an overtime desperation three to force overtime. I kind of feel like this is a worse loss for the Pacers than I would have maybe thought going into the season. Yeah. I mean, I think that sounds right. Like the Pacers have played a lot of similar games to this one. And so have the Lakers, like the Lakers, it's great. You can come back from down double digits against these teams that are like, okay, don't go down double digits to the Pistons, the Knicks, and the Pacers in three consecutive games would be, you know, a lot better sign to me as opposed to staging the comebacks that they did in all three of those games. Like, it's great to be able to come back. It's better to not have to do it in the first place. So, you know, there's still things to work on there. And then Indiana, like you said, it, it really does seem like they can play well for three of the four quarters and the fourth quarter – it's not necessarily always the actual fourth quarter, but one of the four quarters in the game. It's just like they're a complete no-show. And it doesn't really make – I was watching them, I think, against Charlotte maybe a couple weeks ago, and it was like it was a pretty good game, and then just something happened. And it was like, oh, okay, this is not really a game anymore. Um, I, it might have been Charlotte. I can't remember the exact game it was. Like, God, it's it's a frustrating team, though. I agree with you. And, I you know, I know they've had injuries um, – throughout the season and they've got guys coming in and out of the lineup and they're trying to figure out the fit between some of their guys that have been there, but not been there all the time. Like, you know, how many games have they had Brogdon, Lavert, Sabonis, Turner, and I guess holiday is the fifth starter now. Like how many games has that five even played together now, you know, yeah. and like, they still don't have TJ Warren, no Warren yeah. was starting and taking like a million shots at the start of the season. Now he's coming off the bench, has to get used to a new role. Like they've had it's it's weird. They're also getting used to a new coach. Granted, nobody on the team liked the coach last year, even though this time last year they were all talking about how great it was. 
to play for him and, and not name McMillan. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a frustrating team. Like I feel like they should be better than what are they like eight and 12 now, but also like, I can't necessarily put my finger on what the specific issue is. If that makes yeah. sense. Last one before we get a break is the Hornets beat the magic. Um, no surprise there. It was kind of a game for a while. They hung, but the Hornets improved to 12 and eight. They're now just a half game behind Miami for the two seed. So in very direct terms, Jared, I'll ask you, uh, are the Hornets going to avoid the play-in entirely? Like, are they just a playoff team? Do you think that this team is actually like good, good? I can't, they have swung wildly. And so I'm still like a little uneasy about them, but I mean, they're sitting like the record's good. The numbers have been pretty good. They're, they have a versatile defensive style. Uh, do you think the Hornets are going to be able to avoid the play-in entirely? It's really tough to say. I think the two to 10 seeds are separated by a total of two games in the East. So like which of those teams is going to make the playoffs and which of them is going to make the plan. Like it'll change three times in the next three days, you know, like there's no way to really tell which of those teams yet. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and probably Miami are the three best teams. Um, beyond that, I feel like there's not a ton of separation on a night to night basis. Like I think some teams over the, the sample of the season have been better than others. Like the bulls have been better than the Hawks so far, even though the Hawks, I think blew out uh, the Spurs tonight and like, but you know, you put the, the bulls and the Hawks on the, on the floor on the same night, like how much better are the bulls They're You know, they're two games better right now. The point differential is within like a point. Are we a hundred percent sure that the bulls are a lot better than them? just because they started hotter right. and the, the Hawks didn't and now are getting back to where we expected them to be. Like yeah. it's the same thing with, you know, the, the Hornets and the Knicks and the wizards. Like, you know, it's, it's still, when you think about it, a small sample, like we're not even really a quarter of the way through the season yet. Um, or I guess we're getting to just about a quarter of the way through the season, uh, which I have learned is not the quarter pole. The quarter bowl no. is when there's a quarter left in the season. Okay. Um, sure. But yeah, like we're still going to get so much more information than we already have right now. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll cover uh, some more of the games as we continue here with Jared Dubin from 538 on Locked On NBA. But first, I want to tell you about Truebill. You know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. So Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It can save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. If you're listening to this, it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And if you're looking for 
something to get lean after you pile on the pounds on Thanksgiving, you're going to check out Built Bar. It's the absolute best tasting protein bar that you will find. Absolutely delicious. And it's way better for you than a slice of pie. A slice of pie has got 300 calories. Built Bar has only got 130 and only four grams of sugar, plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar, whatever your favorite is. They're all low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein covered in 100% real chocolate. Share some of your family gatherings. Maybe it'll take the edge off of your angry uncle or aunt. New surprises all month, including limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check that site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar because Black Friday will have a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen each and every day. We're free and we're available on all platforms. Matt Moore back here with you with Jared Dewan for 538 uh, as we are both dislocated from our usual recording places uh, for the holiday, but still making it work. Uh, Jared, we're going to go through these next games super fast. This is lightning round time. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, it was upset night in the NBA. Let's start with the Rockets. They beat the Bulls. Uh, you kind of mentioned this in the first segment. Uh, a little bit into some trouble here for Chicago. They They follow up. A disappointing performance a few days ago with this one, with the one in between. Um, Chicago now seeing a little bit of signs of regression. Do you think Chicago is falling back to earth a little bit here? Maybe. Like, I, I don't know that they were going to sustain the pace they were on early in the season. Like, DeMar was making, you know, nine bazillion shots out of ten bazillion shots. Um, the one thing I didn't like tonight was, you know, Vooch came back. I didn't like how they went back to Javante Green with the starters and put Caruso back on the bench. I really like the way that the four guys, uh, Ball, Caruso, Levine, and DeRozan were playing together. And I know it sort of shortens the rotation a little bit to have all five of those guys in the starting lineup together. But I think it just made sense for them. I would go back to that. Lots of good stuff from the Rockets. Uh, Alperin Shingun was absolutely phenomenal. You can check out Jackson's podcast, Locked on Rockets, if you want to hear him wax poetic, I'm sure, about Alperin Shingun and... Uh, KPJ and Garrison Matthews and all the young guys that um, helped the Rockets get their second win of the season. The Raptors beat the Grizzlies. Another upset. Uh, really gritty effort here. The Raptors went down big in the first half. Jaw had an absolutely just breathtaking dunk. However, the Raptors just kind of gritted back into it in the, in the second half. Um, it, it was just one of those games where Toronto's tenaciousness defensively and ability to hit tough shots. Like I'll, I'll just say this, like, um, as somebody that's you know leans a little bit towards Memphis, um, <laughs> Memphis executed terribly down the stretch. The Raptors did two things: they got really great calls and they hit some absolutely impossible shots. Like I didn't like the offense that the Raptors were generating. It was a lot of like Fred VanVleet and Gary Trent Jr. super contested fading away double clutch shots, but they hit them. And Memphis really didn't have the composure to respond. Um, Memphis, I don't know what to expect from them night tonight. They're a team that can beat Utah. They're a team that can beat the Warriors, but they're a team that can lose to the Raptors at home after being up by double digits in the first half. Uh, to me, that spells trouble, Jared. I, I, I think if you're the, the Grizzlies, you need to focus more on being a consistent team night in and night out and less a team that gets up for the big battles. You're not good enough not to take teams seriously, and you've got to put the, the pedal down. If you're better than teams like Toronto, which maybe they're not, but if they're better, they need to show it because otherwise they're going to be back scrapping in the play-in once again. I think they're actually pretty similar to Toronto. Like that's a team where they've had some confusing results in some of their games too. Like it's also somewhat similarly structured where you have like uh, a, 
a guard that does a lot of your creating for you and you've got flexible versatile forwards and you've got like a shooter defender type with like you know brooks and trent and then you've got siakam and jaron jackson and like they start the raptors are starting precious precious achua tonight and you got steven adams playing you know in the middle for memphis and you got some pieces that come off the bench the raptors didn't have og tonight and the um the Grizzlies don't have, I guess, like a Scotty Barnes type to sort of complete the comparison, but they're teams that seem like they're in similar situations to me where they're like, they're pretty good and you feel like they should be better, but also like there's a reason why they're just pretty good. And it's because they're not, they're not complete yet. Like they're not a hundred percent locked into what they want to do defensively because they've got a bunch of young guys and they've got guys who are really important that are still trying to make strides on both ends of the floor. And they've got guys that are taking on new responsibilities. Like it's tough for the, for the Raptors now, like everybody's been moving up in the pecking order over the last few years. You know, they had Kawhi and they had DeRozan and they had Lowry and they had like, and now everybody's up a peg and they still have to bring what they need to bring on defense. And I think that just makes you a little bit less consistent because you're trying to expand on one end which is hard to be consistent to do every night. And while you're doing that, you still have to be able to do the same things that you were doing on defense, especially with a team like Toronto, where they're they're trying to do so many different things defensively. So it's just tough to do that too. And then Memphis, I think this year, has been much more jaw-centric than in the past, and that's a little bit of a change. But now Brooks comes back, and obviously he's a guy who's going to look for his shot all the time. And like you want Jaron to do more offensively. It's just like – you're trying to do so many different things at once at the same time as you're trying to win. And I think that makes it tough to be consistent. Pelicans beat the, the Wizards tonight. Wizards drop another one. Uh, Pelicans get 21 from Jonas Valanciunas and drop 127 on a Wizards team that had been really good defensively. And like a lot of these teams that we're talking about, starting to slip a little bit. Like there's been some trouble. Uh, they've now lost two in a row and four of their last five. So I'll ask you the same question, Jared. Uh, I, I always refer to, to November and December as a time when we see the mirror teams. They pass in front of a mirror and they go, oh, that's right. We're not good. That's We're not good at all. Um, are the Wizards kind of having that moment, or do you think this is a blip and the underpinnings of, of Washington are still pretty good? I think that in terms of being able to find like regular season success, I don't think they're going to suddenly be you know the, the third worst team in the conference or something like that. I think they have too much depth to really fall way back to like the Detroit's of the of the conference but i don't think that they're going to play you know quite as well as they did early on like the the defense is not the fourth best defense in the league or whatever they were until two nights ago something i was talking about with with mike prada when he was on uh the halftime app with me the other day like they're doing some interesting stuff defensively and they're playing really hard and they've got better defenders than they did last year but it's way more likely like an eight to 14 level defense than a top five defense. And the difference between that is the difference between being, you know, what are they 11 or 12 and seven now and being like, you know, nine and eight, nine and nine. And when you start falling back, the wins start falling back too. The wolves beat the heat tonight in a really fun game. Uh, the wolves get the win 113, 101 ran away with it late in this game. It was competitive and close and Duncan Robinson was hitting threes and, then the Wolves just pulled away with blitzing defense and kind of wore out the Heat. The Heat have been considerably worse on the road than at home. Anthony Edwards with 33-14 and another 
poster dunk this time one that was waved off yeah. on an offensive foul call because the referees are terrible um I, I've been on the show every week being like the wolves are good. The wolves are fine. They just need to calm down. Oh, like I've been on that on the train over and over and over again. Uh, again, I don't think that this wolves team is going to wind up being like the sixth seed. I don't think that they're going to compete for home court in the first round, but I do feel pretty confident. This is a play in team. The blitzing defense, I think has done a lot for their personnel. I just think it fits better. Um, one thing that really just has gone under the radar is Anthony Edwards makes a bunch of these highlight plays. Anthony Edwards is good end to end. Anthony Edwards makes plays on the defensive end and translates that and then brings that, the ball down court and scores. And there are very few guys in the league that can translate from defensive intensity and playmaking and then convert on the offensive end. And Anthony Edwards has been one of them. I think he is a legit superstar in the making. Uh, and I do think he raises the ceiling of this Wolves team quite a bit. You have any takeaways on Wolves heat? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you overall on the Wolves. Like I think they should make the plan, whether it's, you know, anywhere between seven and 10. Like, I, I think they should get there. I'd be pretty disappointed if they didn't. I think Edwards defensively, he's certainly making more plays this year. I think he's still more of a playmaker than a good defender at this point, but that's fine given how young he is and how much responsibility he's carrying on offense. And I, I think we just need to take a moment of silence for, for Gabe Vincent's family, <laughs> send them our thoughts and, and our prayers after Edwards put him into an early grave tonight. <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. Um, his highlight reel dunks are, are amongst the best, like Gary Payton-esque, quite honestly. Hopefully uh, he will not partake in Thanksgiving as much as Gary, as not Gary Payton, but Sean Kemp did uh, in his career. Uh, final one for the segment, the Bucks beat the Pistons. Jared Milwaukee is coming. They are getting healthier. They have been destroying teams since they got Middleton, Drew back alongside Giannis. They're getting contributions from the bench still. Grayson Allen's knocking down shots. Brooke Lopez isn't even playing yet. And the Bucks are suddenly within shouting distance of the two seed once again. Like they didn't fall off far enough for it to be a real problem for them. Uh, Milwaukee looks on track to be exactly the type of thing that we thought they were going to be a top seed in the Eastern Conference and a contender for the title. Like this early season blip was just that, I think. Yeah. I mean, look, it turns out that when you don't have four of your five starters, you're not going to look a whole lot like the team like you uh, that you actually are. Right. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't particularly worried. I don't think you were particularly worried about them either. It was more a matter of would they fall enough games back to not be able to make things up. But, you know, we mentioned earlier how jumbled everything is between 2 and 10. Like, now they're right in that mix, and they should be back at the top of it pretty soon. Like, especially when Brooke comes back and then when DiVincenzo comes back and they can get their real lineup going and their rotation will be that much lengthier. Like, they're playing guys – 25 30 minutes a night that should really only be 15 minute a night guys and when you're able to flip that you're just a much deeper team than you are right now uh big loss for detroit and orlando with houston getting that second win of the season so um they made up ground on the rockets tonight so good for them uh that's that's jared dubin from 538 um when we come back i'm gonna run you through the rest of the games of the evening and we'll get you set for going into Friday's games and cover everything in the late games as well. So you can catch Jared's work at 538. Follow him on Twitter at jadoin 5 Jared, thanks so much for joining us on Locked on NBA. Thanks for having me, man. I always appreciate it. Welcome back and finish up the rest of the games here on Locked on NBA. But first, I do want to tell you about Bet. 
online the absolute best place for you to wager on football and basketball this fall it's thanksgiving we all know what that means football nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting bet online has you covered all holiday season more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this thanksgiving head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus using promo code locked on just use promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online. It's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, and UFC. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for making this part of your day, making this your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, let's wrap up with the last few games on this Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. The Hawks took care of business tonight. Uh, They get the win in San Antonio, beating the Spurs by a count of 124 to 106. Trey Young with 31 Seven rebounds, 11 assists. Absolutely phenomenal game for him. The Hawks' offense is cruising right now. The defense still needs work, but in general, uh, the Hawks are trending in the right direction. They're finally above 500. Uh, they're 10 and 9 now on the season. San Antonio, just 4 and 13. Um, they are really in the race for, honestly, a like a top three seed, which is what they need. They need top end talent. So, uh, rebuilding season in San Antonio, but a solid Hawks win. Um, they're starting to right the ship. The Jazz just got by the Thunder. It, this was a very close game, back and forth. Uh, Thunder had a lead second half, but the Jazz get the win, 110-104. Rudy Gobert with 15 points and 17 rebounds. How about Josh Giddy, the rookie with 19 points, seven boards, eight assists for the Oklahoma City Thunder, who continued to play really good defense. Um, even though the Jazz put up 110, this was actually a pretty good defensive game. The Thunder have been really good in these spots where they're pretty big dogs. They hang in these games, uh, which is what they want, right? Like if you're the Thunder, you want to lose a lot of games and you want to be look competitive doing it. So that's actually pretty impressive. Important note in this game, uh, while the Thunder were unable to get the win, uh, no Shea Gilders-Alexander. So they hung in this game even without Shea Gilders-Alexander, that feels pretty meaningful. Lou Dort with 27 points tonight on 8 of 19 shooting. The Thunder are really developing some really good talent there. Um, Bojan Bogdanovic with 19. Mike Conley with 18. Quiet night for Donovan Mitchell. Um, 20 points for Jordan Clarkson, who's actually struggled a lot shooting and pull-ups, I noticed, in some doing some research today. But he was good tonight, 7 of 12 from the field and 3 of 7 from 3 as the Jazz get the win. In the late games... Uh, the Warriors did it again. So the Sixers had a you know impressive performance, led in the first half. The Warriors were struggling, looked like they were on the ropes, and then bam, the Warriors just hit them. Absolutely massive second half run led by JTA, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Jordan Poole as the Warriors pull away to get the win. They remain at the top of the Western Conference, 116-96. This game, again, was competitive throughout. Like, look, in the first quarter, the Sixers absolutely jumped on them, putting up 34 points. It, they they won the first quarter 34-23, the Sixers did, and then the Warriors won the three following quarters. But they only outscored them by two in the second, but a 34-23 third quarter and a 30-12 run in the fourth quarter. Sixers absolutely let go of the rope um, with, I'll, I will also say this, Andre Drummond, 
rough game, R- rough game for Andre Drummond. He dropped in coverage versus Steph. I don't know if you know this, but if Steph Curry is uh, on the perimeter and he can shoot, you probably shouldn't drop back. That's probably not what you want to do versus Steph Curry. Uh, watching Curry battle Matisse title was really fun. Curry only had one three-pointer versus the Raptors the other night. He had six tonight. So 25 points for Steph, 19 points for Andrew Wiggins, uh, 12 points for Otto Porter. Jordan Poole goes for 17 points on five of 13. Wanto Scano Anderson gives him 13 points, six boards, six assists. He was really a spark plug in the second half. He finishes with a plus 21. A great game for JTA as the Warriors keep their winning ways. Finally, final game before you get to set on your way for Thanksgiving. <laughs> the Portland Trailblazers face the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Harrison Barnes goes out with an injury. He only plays 28-54. Uh, De'Aaron Fox gets ejected after playing 28 minutes no Rashawn Holmes tonight and the Kings win 125 121 this despite 28.17 boards from use of Nurkic who still finishes a minus one CJ McCollum with a rough night 13 points on 20 shots in this one uh, if you're wondering how the Kings were able to put up this many points without those guys Buddy Heal gave them 22 points off of the bench sorry Lakers fans you really probably should have made that trade uh, Buddy Heal was great for them tonight and actually you know who was sneaky good in the second half Marvin Bagley. So after Luke Walton gets fired, they lose that first game, but Bagley was four of six for 10 points, eight boards, including a very, very big offensive rebound put back and one late in the fourth quarter. Um, Bagley was instrumental in them getting this win. Alex Len actually gave them some pretty good minutes. Um, Fox was sensational when he played. He had 21 points in 28 minutes before getting ejected. Uh, Davion Mitchell, how about 16 points on six and 11 shooting as the Kings get the win First win for Alvin Gentry as Kings coach. That's going to wrap it up for a big slate in the NBA. Oh, again, hope you guys have a wonderful, safe, and great Thanksgiving. Make sure to save some of the leftovers for me. Uh, hope you guys can follow us on YouTube and on wherever you subscribe. Make sure to rate, review. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and write a review about Jackson because uh, Jackson's not here because he was watching the Rockets get their second win of the season. So shout out to Jackson for getting to watch the Rockets get a win. Um, that's probably the only time this season he'll be able to say that. Uh, hope you guys have a great holiday and you can check back on Friday for another edition of Locked on NBA. We'll talk to you then.